0: I'm ready.
1: Let's do
2: it. Welcome, everyone, to episode 238 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And during this episode... When I say we have special guests, I really mean we have special guests. <laughs> I mean that in the best way. We have Dr. Poison, Mr. Brad Dalla of Yarg Metal, and we have the OG, the original patron. We have Steve Hoker. And it's funny how things always work out. Either you're inundated with people wanting to be on the show or you have a dry spell. For example, today's show that I will be recording it's probably going to end up being a solo show tonight uh, because I've reached out to a bunch of people and things just haven't lined up. But last week, I had Brad lined up. What tends to happen, you know, a lot of people like hearing from Brad. They like his stories, they like his banter, and they like how we play off of one another. The thing is, Brad has a job, Brad has a life, so he can't join me all the time. And what I usually do is at the start of a month, I'll say, hey, Brad. When can you come on? And then we worked things around that. So I knew from doing the Judas Priest discussion that we were going to have some wiggle room between uh, last Friday and the Friday before. So I figured, okay, instead of looking for somebody else, ask Brad to do a show with me. And then Thursday, before I did the live stream, Steve Hoker reached. I was Thursday, or maybe it was even Friday. He said, "Hey, if you don't have anyone, you know, just let me know. I'll, I'm around." I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool. You can join us." And he said, "No, no, no. I don't want to get in the way or what." And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is a great, uh, a great, um, uh, what do you call it? Opportunity to have the two of them on because they're two of my favorite people to talk to. Uh, I love all of my patrons." I'm being honest. Everyone adds a little different spice to the recipe and no two are alike. So it's awesome when I have, you know, any of them on and I appreciate that they're patrons. Uh, but outside of that, you know, we've talked about this quite a bit behind the scenes on the episodes and whatnot. You know, it is kind of like a, a family at this point. We have a a dirty dozen of followers And a lot of people, you know, I I get messages and they say, hey, you know, I love the episode. You know, even though you didn't have a guest or, you know, you didn't have a name artist or whatever, it was fun to hear you guys talk. So, yeah, so it's it's really cool to be able to have these people on. Remember that we have patrons pick coming up. It's almost at the six-minute mark. Jeremy does a great job of doing that. Jeremy Weltman, who is also one of my patrons, Uh, Let me give a shout-out to the rest of my patrons. Johan in Sweden, Rob Rowe from the Rock and Row podcast, Metal Dan, Jeremy from Long Island, Jose in Connecticut, Chris Vaglio of The Chris and Amanda Show, and my Galaxy of Geeks co-host, which is currently on hiatus. We'll see when we bring that back. The Metal Dentist, Gabriel Ruiz, Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and Mike Jones, if I didn't name you now, because I've already name-dropped you, so... Uh, Thank you guys for listening to this episode. As I always say, I appreciate any type of support you give me, whether it's liking the episodes, whether it's sharing them, uh, whether it's, you know, some people just like to listen and don't get involved. I appreciate that you take time out of your day to listen to me and anyone that I may have on my show or even check out the video version of these episodes. Remember, they're all originally recorded for the most part on Fridays, which is when I do the signals from Mars live stream. And that is 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. in the UK. If you are in continental Europe, it is midnight Friday going into Saturday. And if you happen to be in Melbourne, Australia, like our good friend uh, Nick DeMont from the Ugly Kings, check them out. Um, we'll definitely be ordering that on bandcamp Friday on October first. Can't wait. the vinyl looks absolutely amazing anyway. If you're in Melbourne, Australia, go ahead and um and listen to us eight a m in the morning if you have to work on Saturday, you know it sucks. you gotta go in, but listen to us. it'll cheer you up, I promise, especially this episode. There's plenty of silliness and Rock and metal talk, so it's always fun with with these guys. Uh, there are a bunch of other things in the works that I'm looking into about expanding what I do with the show. Uh, it all comes down to a question of time. Uh, there will be an episode that I did record with John Bush coming up shortly, and Joey Vera, the bassist of Armored Saint, is coming this Wednesday, so if you want to partake. Follow me on social media and you'll find out exactly how. So, anyway, here we go. Jeremy with Patrons Pick.
3: Hi, everyone. It's Patrons Pick time again. MarsAttacksRadio.com is where you find the new releases. Victor M. Ruiz puts them up every single week. And this week, there were an amazing amount of albums. 35 new albums, six EPs, that includes one by Billy Idol, three reissues, including Ozzy's No More Tears, and a live album by Dream Theater. So much to go through this week. There were new albums out by Alien Weaponry, a good one from Spirit Box. I really like the Daughtry album, Dearly Beloved. Uh, There was the Dead Sara album, Ain't It Tragic, which was nice as well. The one by Thrice was nearly patron's pick this week called Horizons East. Really good music on that. And also a shout out to the latest Ripple Records album introducing Holy Death Trio. Really good band there. Well worth a listen. But sometimes an album stands out from the rest, like a tall man in a record store in a slipknot mask. An album that grooves, soothes, and takes you on a musical road trip. It doesn't always rock but it blends and weaves its magic and it makes you want to play it again. That album is Wolves by Candlebox, a band that doesn't pigeonhole itself into a genre, a band that puts the songs first and worries about its core audience later. The opener, All Down From Here, is not a warning for the rest of the album. Oh no, it's a Blue, Co- Blue Oyster cult-esque slice of rock that hits the ground running. Following that is the groovy rocker Let Me Down Easy, and you already know there's a few bigger bands out there really getting jealous about this. The album slows down a bit. Spoiler alert, there are ballads and some soft schmalsy shtick to get through. But hey, they hit the high points. They're melodic, they have choruses, and we all want something to sing in the shower, right? There's Brian Adams on this album, there's Aerosmith. No, not the real bands, but the influences are there. And, well, there's Candlebox. It's all finely mixed and produced, and it morphs rather easily from one song to the other, like a decent three-course meal. From the excellent drifty "Wee" to the up-tempo punky rolling guitar of Nothing Left to Lose, the mellow U2 style of Trip, the acoustic intro of Don't Count Me Out, and by the time you get to the album closer, Criminals, well, you just want to play it again. So get down to your local record store, Pull it out from among the new records. Hold it up high and shout and shout as loudly as you can. Wolves by Candlebox, it's Patron's Pick.
2: Jeremy's patron's pick has once again left me smiling. I wrote about this during this week's new releases post. I've never been one to have to look over my shoulder to see who's around to say whether I like something or not. I either do or I don't. And I don't care if it's metal, hard rock, pop, uh, straight up rock, blues, jazz, funk, whatever. If I like it, I like it. And I don't care who's around. I don't need to impress anyone. I like, there's three Candlebox albums that I really like, whether people pigeonhole them as being, you know, grunge wannabes or, or whatnot. But I think there's more to them than that. They've done a lot of cool stuff over the years and they've evolved. And there are other albums that I really don't care for because they are too schmatzy with ballads and whatnot. But hey, it is what it is. In any event, thank you guys for spending the time listening to this episode. Let's get to Steve and Brad. Welcome, everyone, to the September 17th edition of the Signals from Mars live stream, brought to you by the Mars Attacks podcast and VMRIT.com, my web design business for all of your web design needs. Joining me today, this is the Revenge of Yarg. This is the, you know, kind of like when we have sequels in movies, we introduce new characters along the way. So, uh, we have, uh, you know, the son of Yarg with, uh, uh, Steve Hoker. Uh, what would I usually call you the, uh, the OG when we do the, um, And I recap the the patrons, but do you have any nicknames that we could uh, use?
4: I don't have anything good. I don't have anything cool like Dr. Poison or, you
0: know. Yeah, we're we're going to come up with something for you, Steve.
2: All right. Well, you did call him the New Jersey legend before.
0: Well, yeah, there is that, but uh, I think we can come up with a better one. It's got to happen naturally, though. Hey, Rob. Hey, uh, Hey. Jeremy. And hey, that's Jose, right? Yep. Yep. Hey, Jose.
2: Woo! Yeah, where's
0: the industry last week?
2: Hey, everybody. Congrats on the uh, 10K run there. You are a better man than most of us. Um, (laughs) Hello, Rob. Um, And hello, uh, Jeremy. Hello Hello to my brother, Art. And uh, yeah, you could say Art. No, okay. Arturo. Okay. Yeah. No. Either way. Either way is fine. Cool. Some people call him Artie. Some people, you know, what, what's the uh, what's that? It's the Steve Miller song where he says, "Some people call me this. Some people call me that." You know, yeah, I forget. I'm Steve Miller. Joker. Should we call
4: him, we call him the, the
2: Space Cowboy? There you go. Some people call me the Space Cowboy. There you go. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, it is always fun to have. Dr. Poison on Steve asked me, um, he said, do you have any guests? I'm assuming because you didn't see that I announced anyone or not. I was going to keep, uh, I was, I was going to keep uh, Brad a secret until the last second. And then one Steve said, if you don't have anyone, I'll jump on. I'm free tonight. I'm like, no, you can jump in as well. So, uh, it is always fun to have you on as well. So the classic um, three-way dance. There you go. Three-way dance. The only thing there's, uh, th- th- there are no DQs and uh, there's a timeout. There's a time limit of about, uh, you know, 90 minutes. So um, <laughs> anyway, so there are a few topics that I wanted to uh, bring up today. I know that Brad has some stories. Um, we talked about Judas Priest last week. And um yeah, there you go, Twisted Steve. How about that? Ooh, twist. Yeah, Twisted. Uh, That's not yeah. bad. I
0: like Twisted Steve. I was thinking the Hokanator. Mm-hmm. That'll work too. Yeah. Yeah. No. You're, it, it you're hoking
4: feeling, up. He's <laughs> getting hooked up. Uh, there you go. You know, my friend used. My friend did call me Hokonomics. There you go. Kind of like Ergonomics. Whatever. Yeah. Basically. Okay.
2: Um. So last week we did our discussion on Judas priest and of course the idea is to have another band discussion probably in November at some point, but I think I may have, um, uh, posted the bands to select maybe too close to the date. So some people weren't as into the bands as maybe, um, as maybe others. So I've compiled a list. We've compiled the list from the attending studio audience and from this list we will now uh, I will mention these bands and let's see what you guys and what the people in the chat say and from there we will uh, we will then post in Patreon to have people do the final vote. But so here are the 10 bands that um, ooh, and I just thought that one of them, <laughs> I just thought, I forgot that one of them uh, was on Brad's list of bands that he didn't get. So maybe. But uh, well, that
0: still might be worth discussing.
2: Though. Yeah. Static X. Yes. With the uh, reunited lineup. There you go. Um, Static
1: X. You like Static X? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think uh, of the stuff? Not with- so
4: much. Good. I haven't seen it but it's uh eh. for me I'm not I mean technically it's all or still three members of the band but it's right. not like the member of the band.
2: Right. Yeah, Wayne Static was the guy that was yeah. You know, and his I mean essentially what they've done is re-record old demos of his and that some people already knew just with uh, Zero who is rumored to be the guy from from dope, uh, what the heck is right. his name? Is it Edsel Dope? Someone no, first maybe. I don't know. Anyway, Edsel so something. No, to the last name is Dope, but I think Edsel Dope. I think was the guitarist. I think that may be the guy that was actually in both bands, but that ended up in jail because he was. Uh, what was it? Uh, I forget. You know, it would be. It I would I know just what you're talking about it would just be easy to do one of the most exciting things to do during a live show. And that is type something up on Google and find out um, what the name of the dude no, is. Was, uh,
4: Trip Hudson.
2: Yeah. So Edsel dope hard. is, is the singer. Yeah. And that's the guy that that's the other guy who is saying that he wrote most of those static X songs, but whatever. Anyway. Um. So here we go. So the, the band that um that Brad said that he wasn't into uh is Motorhead. Uh because there seem to be a lot of people that are into Motorhead, but again, this is gonna we're all we're gonna vote on all this stuff later. So I have Motorhead, Guns N' Roses, who I'm gonna mention again in a in a second.
1: All right, okay, Dio. Yeah. Ozzy Osbourne as a solo artist. Okay. Okay. Kiss. Van Halen. Def Leppard. Metallica. Scorpions.
0: And Black Sabbath. Wow. So many right. good choices. Um, Jeremy wants Dio. Yeah. Jeremy's saying Dio. Okay. I think the last time I sided with Jeremy, we both got shot down. So, what did you guys pick? We both, we both went for Heaven and Hell. I think that was on Marks.
2: Oh, okay. So,
0: yeah, we were the only ones that picked <laughs> Heaven and Hell.
2: Rush, Johann yes. with with Rush. <laughs> you know, that's not a surprise. I would, you know, that's similar to Steve. All of a sudden, now saying Twisted Sister. Um, but um, the
0: thing about this is, I think I've seen every single one of those bands except for. Um, yeah. Which one haven't I seen? I think I've seen them all. Maybe.
2: And and I'm sure you've you've got some story about seeing them in a hole in a wall in L.A. Some at some. yeah, probably.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I yeah I have a feeling. Yeah, Rob Rob's answer that's a rock solid one. Which yeah, which brings me to a question for the group. Kiss is supposed to be here next week. Should I go see him? at your house? Yeah, at my house. Yeah, I t- unfortunately I tried nice. to get him to be here for the live stream, but um, <laughs> Paul Paul wouldn't do
2: it. <laughs> he was out. He was out bike riding some hundred kilometers bike riding.
0: I can't do a Paul Stanley.
2: Wait, I do, wait. kind of
0: get the lesby thing going, but
2: um, yeah, that's about it. That's about all I can do. Um, but if you want Paul.
0: There you go. Yeah, I can I can actually see I, that.
4: I have heard a rumor that if you say Gene Simmons five times into a mirror, he shows up and takes twenty bucks from you. <laughs> but I, I don't know if it's true or not. I haven't tried
2: it.
0: I think I think that was back in '74. I think now <laughs> it's more like twenty thousand dollars.
2: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Uh, that, that's true. <laughs> that that that, that was twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty bucks is 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 just the uh, the fee, the fee per minute to hook up the mirror. Um, <laughs> to 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 your point, Brad, uh, I've listed Kiss every time, and no one has selected Kiss. So wow. maybe people in the group are just tired of talking about Kiss, or maybe it's one of these things that that they kind of feel well, Kiss will get talked about eventually. So let's mm-hmm. pick something else. Yeah, so, I kind
0: of feel like Kiss is just way too obvious. I mean, it's like we we do talk about Kiss a lot, right? Um, I think Scorpions is a very good choice. I think Ozzy Solo is a great choice. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, but if we do Black Sabbath, we got to get CEO Dave in here because uh, yeah, that would just it it'd be like not being invited to your wedding night.
2: I don't know. I've I've had people object there, there was uh Jerry made a big to do out of, um, for example, uh, Joey Haney wanting to be involved on one of Mark's, um, uh, Patreon Damn. things. And, and Jerry said, tell him to go pound sand. He's not one of us type of a deal. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. Um, oh, geez. but, uh, Steve, um, out of those bands. The difference is CEO
0: Dave is actually listening right now. It's just he doesn't know how to do the, the message board thing. But he's he's go. listening, right? He's been here every week. He's,
2: that is awesome to hear. So uh, salutations to uh, CEO Dave. Hi, Dave. Steve, go ahead. And
4: what, what of those bands stick out? I would say Ozzy and Metallica for me. Okay, they're, they're the ones that I'm most familiar with that. I'm pretty comfortable with most of the catalog.
2: Out of those Mm -hmm. that I named, are there any that you're really not familiar with? Dio is probably my least known. Like I
4: really know like the hits and I'm going to give you a song here or there, but what,
1: (laughs) what,
2: (laughs) um, sorry. Well, from here to November, you would have time to uh, bone up on the subject. <laughs> this
0: is true. That's true. Literally, and
4: um, it's yet another band that uh, I have absolutely no problem with. I just never
2: got into them for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, I mean that makes complete sense. I mean, how much music is out there? I mean, th- this is this is one of the reasons that I love what Jeremy does. Now, when he presents me with the uh, patrons pick, because. He. He listens to a lot of different things that I wish I had time to listen to, mm-hmm. and then he, he'll he say, well, this was good, this was good, that was good, but this is my pick. So I've gone on to listen to a, a lot of things based on what what he's selected, just because I'm I'm kind of getting the Jeremy stamp of approval with, uh, yeah. with a bunch of these different albums. So. Um, can I just
0: say what a great job Jeremy does on uh, those picks? He's uh, awesome, yeah. he's unbelievable. I mean, well, you've heard him when he did the Band of the Week stuff for us. yeah, uh, he he was just I was like, dude, i'm I'm hiring you right now.
2: yeah, he's he is unbelievable. Um there was i'm not I'm not saying that any of them um weren't good. I'm just saying that about four or five episodes ago. It's, it seemed like he lost like maybe any type of like nerves that he had. And he just like, it is stride and everything from there has been absolutely awesome. Like I'm listening to it. Seriously. I listened, I listened to what he sends me right before I included in the episode. And I can't tell you how many times I sit there and start to go, Holy shit. This is great. Just hearing him, like all the different, just how he describes this stuff, it makes you want to listen to it, you know? So, Jeremy, mm-hmm. thank I can't say that mm-hmm. enough. So, and just talking
0: about that makes me uh, ready, feeling like I'm ready to do the next band of the week. So, uh, anybody who wants to participate, it's going to be Alice Cooper. I know oh, wow. With, yeah. Ooh. So, I mean, everybody's got to be able to come up with an Alice Cooper song they like, right? Even Steve. Yep. Looking oh, I love out. Alice Cooper. Okay. So, I can maybe even get you to record pick a song and and record an intro for yard metal for our band of the week. Say yes.
4: Okay. I, I All right, that that's not my, yes uh, but it'll work. My golden tones.
0: Look, golden tones, he, that's what I want. He okay, he we're we're up and running then. Okay, sorry Victor. Good move, no, move forward.
2: Steve, you realize he just gave you the uh the old revival intro there. He gave you the say yeah. <laughs> so, uh,
1: there you go. Um so besides this
2: um there is there are two albums that celebrate their 30th anniversary today which is amazing Metallica's black album the 30th anniversary was just a few weeks back and today's the 30th anniversary of Guns N' Roses Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 um I mentioned this a little bit during the uh Patreon exclusive podcast today, um, how a lot of people have talked about how, oh, you know, they should have condensed these to one album, you know, it would have been much better. But if you kind of, I mean, I went through my list of songs that I have in my Guns N' Roses playlist and I get like a good solid album. I get two good solid albums out of both of those. I mean, there's a few songs that I don't care for on each, but for the most part, I think both albums are pretty good. They're not Appetite for Destruction. Mm-hmm. But the analogy that I used and that I also use all the time is that I think people are dopes when they say that, oh, it doesn't compare to appetite, so it's not that good. Well, it doesn't have to. You know, again, you can enjoy burgers and you can enjoy pizza. You know, it isn't, oh, pizza sucks because hamburgers are my favorite food, man. No, nobody says that. So why do we do that with music? It makes zero sense. So, um, yep. use your illusion. Um, let's start off with Steve. What What are your thoughts yeah. on on these two albums? Do you enjoy them? Did they make the right decision by putting out two different albums on the same date, or should they have just done one?
4: I mean, I guess that's debatable, but they're both two solid albums, you know. And I, I like you. I've heard the discussion that. Uh, you know, oh, they should have combined them, but mm-hmm. uh, I think there's enough, like you said, there's one or two songs here or there that you could get rid of, but um, I, I think even doing that per album, you'd still have solid albums, right? You know, yeah, um, I, I think you're
1: still yeah, getting I, like eight to
4: ten solid songs out of each, at least, yeah,
2: you know, but uh, yeah, I like them, <laughs> they're okay. And and Brad, uh being that uh you have the LA connection here, were you still in LA when Guns N' Roses was rising?
0: No. No, I at that point I uh, was solid, solidly here in Utah. Okay. And the first first time I saw them, they were warming up for Iron Maiden. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we walked right in when they were playing uh, Mr. Brownstone. And I got to say that that that's my favorite uh, Guns N' Roses song. So there you go. Oh, wow.
2: Oh, yeah, what were they, they, not what, a what were they like on that tour? Were they as, you know, did, did you get a feeling right off the bat that they were going to be like the next big thing? Or did they feel electric like a lot of people said they were back in the club days? Was there, you know, that inkling of danger with them as well? You know, so all those intangibles that made them exciting initially.
0: Yeah, I I didn't quite get that. And I did know the songs because uh, I used to listen. To, you guys remember the station Z-Rock that uh, was broadcast? Mm-hmm. It was out of Texas, broadcast all over the U.S.
2: Yeah, um, we didn't get it in North Jersey, though. You had to go to yeah. South Jersey to hear it. Yeah, but go um, ahead.
0: Yeah, but they played the hell out of that uh, Appetite for Destruction. So, I mean, I pretty much heard the whole album on that station. So I knew <laughs> all the songs. Um I thought they were good but I didn't I didn't sense that they were going to be what they became. Right. Um so I think they were still kind of getting there. It's kind of like when I saw the you know the live at the Ritz that they put on MTV. Right. You know it, again it was it was pretty much like that. I mean it was good but it wasn't like holy crap good. It was it was just right. it was good. You know, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, my my first in, you know the first time that I heard them was again, thanks to Eddie trunk. And it was funny because uh, I'll always remember this. He played night train and hearing that cowbell intro. And I was like, Holy shit. What's this? You know, it just blew me away instantly. And I found out that someone that was in middle school with me at that time, because it was 86, 87 when that came out. Um, somebody had it. And I said, um, I said, Oh, will you let me tape this? And I'm like, why did you buy this? Like, nobody knows who they are. I just heard them on the radio for the first time. And he said, Oh, you know, uh, the cover looked cool. So, so I bought it like, Oh, all right. So I taped it and I instantly loved it. And I remember, you know, I would come, I would come to Spain for the summer and there was someone that I knew that would always come up to me and say, "Oh well, what's the new big band that nobody knows about here that um, that you know about back home in the states?" And I remember the year before it was Poison, so I said, "Poison is the band that's going to be huge. Uh, the first album would come out and whatnot." And he was like, "Nah, you know that'll never that'll never take off. You know ah, look at the image, look at the." Next year I show up, he's got a poison back patch on his uh on his jean jacket. He's wearing a poison t-shirt. He's got, you know, he tried to dye his hair, unfortunately. You know, since he had black, like curly hair, it it looks stupid on him. Um, but so then the next year, you know, right, when he had all the poison garb on, I'm like, forget about poison. It's all about guns and roses. He's like and I listened to the album with him. He's like, "Nah, this is never ever gonna take off." This so he gave me the same shit next year. It was it was a complete one hundred and eighty. He had the uh, Guns N' Roses back patch. He had the uh, uh, the Guns N' Roses T shirt. So it it was like, all right, well, regardless what I you know what I tell you, you're gonna say no. So just do what you want. Um, but I mean, that was pre sweet child of mine taking off. I mean, that next year when, when I got to Spain, I remember that song like in the U S was played all over the place. So, I mean, they were, they were super huge because of that, by that point. So yeah, at least his know, black curly see. hair was
4: back in style then.
2: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Just <laughs> needed a, the top hat. I
4: love yeah. curly hair. Hey, um, so, you know, one thing I'd say
0: for guns and roses is that, I mean, they, kept getting bigger even through the nineties. I mean, they kept hard rock alive yeah. in that time period. And and so they deserve a lot of credit for that and doing it without actually putting out a lot of new music.
2: Right. And, and the thing too, that, that's a good point because so many people focus on, Oh, uh, you know um, the nineties sucked for music because this killed, you know, the sunset strip music or that did this, this did that. Guns N' Roses got huge. Metallica got huge. Bands like Faith No More got huge. You know, there were still, there were still hard rock and metal bands getting big. The problem was that, you know, a lot of these people with the Al Bundy mentality that were still back in high school and thinking about scoring five touchdowns in in a in a high school game and never got past that didn't bother like to check out any other music, you know, it's just stupid. I, I hate when I when I talk to people, oh no, good music came out after 89. Uh, that's very like narrow-minded because there's always good music coming out. You gotta search it out sometimes, but there's still good stuff coming out today, even. Is it again? Is it gonna compare to what turned you on to music when you were a teenager? No, but it doesn't have to either. It's just dumb. The new D. Snyder came out. Do you compare it to Stay Hungry? No. Does that mean that nope, you can't just, still like that as much as Stay Hungry, or does it mean that that music can't slot in with your Twisted Sister, D. Snyder, you know, playlist? Not at all? Not at
4: all. So basically, if music's good, it's good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he, even if it's something that you don't like, if if I like it. You know that's who it really matters, you know? right if you like it, that's the important thing and there's always music coming out, right you know whether it might not be it might not be appetite for destruction, but there's plenty of good stuff out there
2: yeah absolutely i I agree, and it's funny because with the patreon, there's a lot of things that I post that I'm not into, but I know that there might be someone in the group that's that's into it. So why not? You know, what's, what's the worst that can happen? Everyone say, no, this sucks. I don't want to hear it. Or the opposite. Maybe people will say, Hey, I really dig this. Please play more or let's add it to the playlist. So, I mean, I think that it's a, it's a no lose situation. So.
1: Um, Brad, you
2: mentioned one thing. Uh, off well before we started actually yesterday maybe you mentioned that you wanted to talk about what you felt was the uh, greatest american band
0: yeah uh, yeah and the his rock band rock band okay yeah the greatest. Yeah, this is something i heard on the it was on the um mlb channel yesterday they were talking about this you know because there they weren't a lot of baseball games yesterday and uh it was kind of interesting to hear people who aren't like music people like us talking about who they think are the, the greatest American rock bands. So uh, I thought that'd be kind of interesting to hear what the people in the chat thought and to hear what you guys think. Cause I thought hard about this and then the obvious answer did come to me. It's like, why did, why did I, how did I miss that? Cause I was, cause it, well, it's cause I was listening to those dumbasses talking about who they thought was great. So. So yeah, I don't know. If you, anybody out there got an answer? What you would who you would consider in the history of rock the greatest American rock
2: band? I mean, Steve, go ahead if you you want to take a stab at it first. Not,
0: not your favorite, okay? That's the that's the other thing. No, it can't not be your, my favorite. I mean, it could be your favorite, but it's not your favorite band. It's who you would be like. Yeah, I can't argue. Those guys have what they've accomplished is really the greatest. I mean, as a rock band in America. From America. Um,
1: all right, okay. Jer- Jeremy's Saint got a Quist good answer. Sister. That's a solid answer. I would kind of leaning for just as, just as far as like
4: image and being like a massive band that pretty yeah. much is a household name for pretty much anyone.
1: On point. Who would that be? Us. No, he said it already.
0: He said kiss. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Where was I? <laughs> I was reading the chat. <laughs> yeah, well, <I'm- laughs> kiss. That was, that was my definitive answer. It's like, well, holy crap. I mean, let's face it. I, and Victor, you probably, I know you've interviewed lots of people, lots of musicians. And when you ask them what got into music, okay, anybody who's older than me, they're going to tell you the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anybody who's my age younger, they're going to tell you kiss. I mean, you know, you got to probably go maybe even less, you know, younger than you guys to find another band that got them into rock music or got them to want to play rock music.
2: Yeah, I think that there's three definitive bands without a doubt, and you would have to pick between those three. The three would right. be Metallica, Van Halen, and Kiss. Okay. Because I don't think that there have been other bands that – um that have had a bigger impact in the seventies. Just think about the impact that kiss had on, like you're saying, so many people, so many musicians that became musicians after that, as much as people will mention Aerosmith. Uh, I I don't know of too many people that had, um, what's the, uh, Tom Hamilton or Joey Kramer on their walls. You know, I don't know too many people that had, you know, uh, Brad Whitford on their wall, if anything, maybe Steven Tyler and, and Joe Perry, but, um, uh, and, and the, the other thing, <laughs> the <laughs> other thing too, my, 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 my brother name dropping one of my old bands. So, um, The, the, the other, the other thing to take into consideration is that for all of Kiss's faults, maybe and things that they tried out with over the years, um, Aerosmith, after they got back together again, I mean, to me has just never been the same. I mean, after, after, after a rock and a hard place, like I like songs here and there, but anything from the late eighties onwards is uh to, to 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 quote uh Michael Michael Myers in uh I forget the movie where he was um, Halloween? No, no no not that Mike Myers, the, the uh comedian. <laughs> I forget the, the movie yeah, that he did. um Oh so I married an axe murder. He kept saying if it's not Scottish, it's crap. So to me, Aerosmith, <laughs> permanent vacation onward for the most part, is just crap. So there you go. Yeah, Jeremy, I'm I'm not I'm not debating whether permanent vacation and pump were not big sellers, but to me, they're nowhere near as good as say Aerosmith Rocks or Get Your Wings or Toys in the Attic. And and even, even with that, um I'll take I'll take Unmasked by Kiss or even uh, Animalize or Asylum over both of those albums any day of the week. That's just my personal opinion. Now, with regards to Van Halen and and just their importance in the whole bit um you can say that David Lee Roth ripped off Jim Dandy uh which a lot of people have said but David Lee Roth is the one that made it popular uh Eddie changed the way that uh that people played um if you if you or if if I were allowed to include a comment that Charlie Benante once made to me he said that Eddie Van Halen basically came along and pissed on what Eric Clapton did and reinvented the guitar So that was more or less his quote, and he asked me to remove that so as to not get into any trouble. But um, Eddie, to me, as a guitarist, later as an innovator with amps, with guitars, with pickups, with pedals, things of that nature, um, he's unparalleled, in my opinion, when it comes to any other player. I mean, outside of Les Paul, there's been no other player that's done what he has done for the instrument. Metallica is the biggest American band of all time. Um, they've sold more albums than any other American rock band ever. They've influenced more people just due to sheer sales. I mean, from the eighties onwards, kisses uh, big as they are Aerosmith outsold them. Um, Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction has sold more copies than the entire KISS catalog. So keep that in mind. That's just how huge Guns N' Roses are. And I would say Guns N' Roses, I mean, if you want to talk about influential American bands, as you said, uh, Brad, just what they did in the 90s was just so immense. I mean, they had some of the biggest tours around the world and huge album sales to, to, to this day. Their greatest hits sells more than the majority of, you know, most bands that put out albums at that point in time. So.
0: Yeah. As a, as a rock fan, we needed those bands. We needed them in Metallica to keep the the torch lit. Yeah. And, uh, and they did. And not only that, they made it bigger.
2: So I, I didn't, uh, (laughs) <laughs> I didn't give you a definitive answer. Um if if we're going with you guys both said Kiss. Kiss is again, Kiss and Maiden are my two favorite bands, but I would have to say just out of sheer magnitude and what they can still do today, I would have to say the Metallica is the the greatest American rock band of all time.
0: I I think that I think you have a solid argument there. You know it's interesting because mm-hmm. Johan stated about Van Halen we're never that big here, and I and I remember when I was in Portugal and it was uh, somewhere in the early '90s, and I saw that Bon Jovi were playing there, and right. Van Halen was warming up for them. Yes, I was like, how 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 did how I what kind of alternate universe was I in? I mean, there's no maybe. way that would happen in the United States.
2: Right, but the problem is that maybe in New lot- Jersey. Yeah, well, the, the, that that's your only. <laughs> that's that's your only exception. But the thing is, in Europe, Bon Jovi was really a huge act up until, like, up until Richie Sambora left. Even the shitty albums they were putting out were still selling huge in Europe. So I, I remember a friend that came in 93 for exchange for, for college over here or even to Britain actually. And she said that she couldn't believe how big Bon Jovi was that they were, they had sold out. I don't know how many nights at Wembley stadium and how everyone that she knew was going to the show and, and things like that. So they've always been huge, you know, similar to how we talk about other bands that never made it big in the States that just remained big over here, like, like status quo, which Jeremy has uh, talked about. And I hope Jeremy will continue to talk to me after my Aerosmith comments, but um, (laughs) like status quo, like Magnum, like bands that are super huge. Thin Lizzy was enormous in Europe, but really didn't, didn't become big in the States until almost after Phil Lynette died, you know? So um. Yeah. So Jeremy's saying that Van Halen supported Bon Jovi here too at Wembley, and were poor. So I mean that was the the Van Hagar years. That's uh, that that we could chalk up to a similar conversation that we had the last time, Brad. Where a band that I loved everything before, like I used to love those Sammy albums, but it's one of those things where over the years I just Stop being interested in them. Just something about their songwriting. Uh just, just the compositions themselves just don't speak to me anymore.
0: You know, I, I don't yeah. I saw them uh on the Monsters of Rock tour. Okay. And when they were, of course, headlining that thing, and they were not good. And most of it was Eddie. Eddie didn't even want to be there. Right. I mean, they kind of it's I mean, they obviously i I mean, they even got in a fight on stage. Sammy was like, come on, Eddie, you know, because Eddie was like, ah, let's just play a few songs and get out of here. Sammy was like, no, no, we got all these people here. Let's play. And, and uh, it was pretty weird. I mean, I, I haven't seen that many bands get into a fight on stage before. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, that was about the closest thing I've, I've seen to it. Um, but I, I'm going to chalk that up to uh, drug abuse being an issue or alcohol. Um. Yeah, they, but they were, they were not that great. I mean, the Scorpions were on before them. Scorpions were totally on point. And, uh, which is why we should probably talk about Scorpions because I've never seen them do a bad
2: show. Well, I was going to say at that point in time, you could argue that Scorpions was a bigger band than Van Halen was. If you honestly want to think about that period in time, um, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest and Scorpions were the three biggest bands in the world for a long period of time in the 80s. I mean there were no other bands that could touch them within hard rock or metal. Metallica rose eventually, but you know, uh, those those three bands were were up, uh, you know, were up there towards the top and I didn't understand similar to what Johan is saying a lot of people knew who van halen were in europe but they weren't a huge band you know the, the big music fans knew who they were but but the casual rock fan didn't didn't really know them so uh, i i always thought that that was a head scratcher that uh, that van halen headlined above them and i mean you could argue that I mean Dokken was huge around that time as well. Um Metallica was was a big seller as well. I don't get why Metallica was the second second band there, but you know, again, theoretically maybe Van Halen should have gone on second.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah.
0: That's a good that's a good point. Yeah, it's interesting too Dokken was really good at the show I saw. The one I went to was in Spokane, uh, Washington, or as Klaus said, Spokane. Um, and <laughs> the guy, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, Dawkin was Dawkin and Scorpions were the two best bands. Although Metallica was really good. I that was the first time I saw them. That I was like, okay, I see big things for these guys. Where I had <laughs> seen them before, warm up for somebody. Yeah, what is this?
2: Yeah, oh, I go. I did see the Scorpions live um, while waiting for a connecting flight at Charles de Gaulle airport in Paris. Um, It was funny. We were waiting for our flight. And I'm sitting there with my wife and I'm looking up and I see these guys like just dressed like, like how, uh, you know, a rock band would dress, I guess. And, and, and I say to my wife, who's, who's this fool who thinks that he's, fucking rudolph shanker here and then i see Matthias behind him and 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 klaus behind him i'm like holy shit it's because it is rudolph shanker uh you know and it was funny I, I tell my wife I'm like that's the scorpion she goes are you sure i'm like yeah i'm sure that's the scorpions so she flashes the horns and um and james kotak who was the uh the drummer at the time turns around yeah and, and just goes rock and roll forever, man. And they got onto the, uh, onto their flight. Like there was the last call for their flight. So they were waiting for that to get on the flight, essentially. I'm but, surprised uh, he
0: didn't pull his shirt off and show her the tattoo that said that. He didn't have it then. Oh, oh, maybe that's, Hey, maybe that's why he got it.
2: Could be. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe my wife influenced him. There you go. Yeah, there you go yeah so um i don't want to disappoint people without having brad tell any sort of story while he's on the show so um brad what what uh
0: (laughs) okay so this is um (laughs) this story i'm going to tell you guys this is the most requested story that i've ever told and it's from my early days at the poison center so early 90s kind of like what we're talking about with some of these bands. Uh, so I hadn't been working there for, for very long. And I was working a graveyard shift, which starts at back then. It started like 10 PM goes till 7 AM in the morning. And my first call was this guy. It was a doctor calling from an emergency room. And he says, Hey, I got this guy here who came in complaining of stomach problems. um, And he says, so we worked him up for everything we could think of. Couldn't find anything wrong with him. So I thought, well, I'm going to do an x-ray of his stomach. So so I did that. And this guy's got a double A battery in his stomach. So now, now at this point in my career now, this wouldn't have been a big deal. But back then it was like, holy crap. I didn't know you could swallow a double A battery. And I had never seen anybody swallow a A battery. I'd seen a lot of disc batteries getting swallowed. You know, those little, you know, little disc batteries. Uh, and that's right. a pretty common thing. That's almost a daily occurrence here in Utah. Um, but so the doc wanted to send him home. He says, well, that'll just, that, he'll just poop it out, right? I said, well, let me think about that. You know, I did the, the you know, battery, the pyloric sphincter in your stomach. I said, yeah, you know, if it lines up just right it and goes through the, you know, the sphincter at the bottom of the stomach, yeah, it should, it should come out. But what if it lays there sideways and it just sits there in his stomach for days and days and days and it, all the acid in the stomach corrodes the battery? The stuff that's in there, which is alkaline, it's not battery acid, it's the opposite, that'll burn a hole, okay? And you, only, right. want two, you only want two holes in your GI tract, okay? One here, one that's bleached, okay? That's the only <laughs> holes you want. A third hole. If you want to be a human bowling ball, it's not a good idea. So I said, no, you can't send this guy home with a battery in his stomach. So then I thought, well, what are we going to do with this guy? And we had this stuff that's called Go Lightly. Now, I don't know who named this stuff. It's used as a bowel prep. So in other words, back in the day before colonoscopy has got to be a thing, but they still had to do some kind of, you know, go up your poop chute and see what's going on in there. They would give you this Go Lightly. And you did not go lightly. Okay. Basically everything came out of you. I mean, you're lucky to have teeth after drinking a jug of this stuff. I mean, it flushed you out. I mean, there was nothing left. You'd have this nice squeaky clean colon you could eat off of. So I thought, well, you know, let's just give this guy a big jug of go lightly and let's, let's, you know, put a tube in his nose and hang it up and run a couple of liters an hour into this guy and let's flush him out. And let's see if we can get that battery out of him. So the doc's like, okay, we'll do it. We admit, so they admitted the guy, put a tube, NG tube in him, which tube up the nose into the stomach. And hung this stuff like a big IV and just run it through him. And about three in the morning, I get a phone call from a nurse. And she goes, well, all of a sudden, blink, out comes the battery. She said, I picked it up and went, woohoo. And she says, the guy looks at me and says, well, where's, where's Santa? So I'm like, okay, um, there's obviously something not quite right with this guy. Uh, It's three in the morning. He's already in the hospital. We already got the tube in him. I said, just let that stuff run for a while. Let's just make sure there's not something else hiding out in there. Well, the next thing that came out of this guy was a little metal treasure chest, like you'd find in an aquarium. And yeah, after that, there was more stuff and more stuff. And I mean, in fact, there was one thing that came out of him that I know doggone well, he didn't swallow. So there's some other issues going on here. But it was the, the ring part of a, a mason jar. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? The lid, the metal oh, lid that wait. goes on there. Yeah. So he pooped that out somehow. Um, but the very last thing that came out of this guy, Victor, you got the picture? This is it. Okay.
1: <laughs> I'm hoping he can put it up there. You got the picture,
0: Victor? I'm going. Okay, there we go. That's the last thing that came out of that guy right there. A little plastic Santa Claus. And you talk about Santa coming down the chimney. Oh. I mean, yeah. <laughs> ho, ho, ho! Um, so there we go. That's that's the Santa story. Uh,
4: <laughs> Somebody got colon in their stocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well,
0: see, this is why I need Steve on the road with me. Thank you, Steve. That was brilliant. But the funny thing is, about six, seven years ago, I got a call from another yard. ER. This is a nurse this time. And she says, I got a little kid in here who, who ate the three wise men. Now, I don't know why everything's Christmas themed. but <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, I said, the good news is they're wise men. They're not the three dumb asses. They should be able to find their way out. And I, she was <laughs> laughing her ass off. And I said, you know, I got an idea here. Let's get a flashlight and shine it up this kid's butthole. And maybe they'll think it's the star and they'll go towards it. And again, had her (laughs) laughing quite well. So it was, yeah. So it was a little, um, you know, uh, you know, little three wise men that they had in their, their uh, little uh, manger scene there. So the kid swallowed it and then the kid pooped it out just fine. So not a problem. There you go. So so to, uh, yeah. Camel toe. There yeah, you was go. it
4: that guy's son? <laughs>
0: yeah, that would have been. You know, the the scary thought would be that guy actually having a son.
2: <laughs> Oof. Um yeah, that's true? To to that's to me. answer my brother with his previous joke. Um, I've I've heard that uh inter- or interchange with Ronnie James Dio. Just uh keep keep that in mind. <laughs> he brought up a Rhea Perlman comment and, um, Oh, Ah, yes, 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 yes. Um, you, you also sent me another picture. What's the story behind that?
0: This is in response to Mark's, uh, post about, um, Emily not being able to wear her belt into a concert last night. Right. So, yeah. So we'll, we'll look at this picture here. This is a belt that I was wearing here in the, uh, when I was sixteen yeah 16 up, years old it me yeah, it's having trouble pulling in but um yeah back then in the in the mid 70s as a 16 year old it's not like I could get into uh you know I never even knew there was such a thing as an S&M shop but okay don't go to sleep on that that's quarter inch chain that I bought at a hardware store <laughs> and I made a belt out of okay so I wore that to a Blue Oyster Colt concert which is why I'm wearing this t-shirt and when we were going through the, the screening there at the door, and it didn't help that my buddy there playing guitar, that's Ralph Johnson. He's the guy who turned me on to Judas Priest. So that now we're going full circle, but he was with me. And uh, when we're going through the door, he, uh, there was a police officer standing there and, and he, he touched his gun and he said, is that a real gun? <laughs> and that didn't help either. So then this guy's like, lift up your shirt. I had a flannel shirt on over that. And they're looking at my belt, and the guy says, we can't let you in here with that. Well, what am I supposed to do? He says, well, you can't wear that. And th- so they ended up, they, they got in a big discussion about it. Then they took us into this little room where they had the police chief in there. And the guys going over, and he goes, well, that's a deadly weapon. And uh, my buddy Ralph, he said the most brilliant thing. He says, well, here's the deal. If he kills somebody with that, you'll know who did it. And the <laughs> cop said, you got a really good point. Yeah, go ahead and wear that. So he let me in wearing that. <laughs> <laughs> and your pants And I didn't hurt anybody. So yeah, it was all good. So I don't know why they why they went nuts over Emily's belt. But uh anyway. Yeah. So so yeah. yeah. Anybody ever had anything confiscated going into a concert? A camera.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Can I can Go ahead.
2: This is when digital cameras were already like on the market. They had been out for a few years, and I tried to um get one in, into a show. And they said, Oh, that's way too big. If it were smaller, you know, we'd let you, uh, we'd let you in with that. Um, I, I was, I was about to give you a, a Michael Scott. That's what she said, uh comment, but, uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, so, um, so anyway, I had to go back to the car, leave the camera, and then go back to the show. But yeah, that's an SG, right?
0: Yeah, that, well, I was playing, of course, I'm playing a bass, so I'll, I'll show right. you
1: the actual bass. Oh, wow. So this is not a
0: Gibson. I bought this when I was 15. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a Japanese knockoff, which is kind of funny. I mean, back then, uh, the cheap stuff was made in Japan. Now, if you get a guitar made in Japan, it's expensive. Right. Um, yeah. But uh, this is a, a, it's a mock Gibson uh, EB3 is what it's a, is what it's a copy of. But obviously I still have it. This thing rocks though. Uh, Very much uh, the neck on it is the size. It's a what? 32 inch or whatever neck or 30 inch. It's, it's almost like a guitar neck. Uh, So it's a very cool bass, but yeah, him and I had the, my Ralph had a a actual Gibson SG. So that was uh, the real deal. I've always been partial to those. Cool. Great question, great Art.
2: They don't have the same tuning issues that the, uh, that the regular SG, that the guitar SG has? You know,
0: and that's a, that's a funny point, too. Hey, look, he, who's here? This is my son, Nathan. Say, hey, Nathan.
2: Hey. Hi, Nathan. Yeah, he's coming and visiting. So, cool. Oh, there you go. You, um, you've, you've brainwashed him into being a Dodgers fan as well?
0: <laughs> yes, I did. That's exactly what I did. And also like almost liking hard rock. So that's a good thing. Almost. There you Um, go. Yeah, we could get him in here, ask him who his favorite hard rock band is, but he left. Oh, no, he's right there. Okay. Um, No, this thing, this thing stays in tune really, really well. It's got some cool things. though. It's got this weird kind of bridge thing that pulls up a sponge thing to it and deadens the strings. It's a mute. Oh, wow. That's kind of weird and cool. I mean, why did they put that on there? But I know Ralph's SG. He actually had trouble. It had the a weird tremolo thing on it originally, and he had impossible to keep it in tune. Yeah. So he had a guy put a, a badass bridge on there, and then it, from then it was just perfect. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he still has that guitar as well.
2: So that's why. That's that's why the SGs that you know Angus and and the ones that Tony Iommi play cost like six grand because they yeah. don't have the. The slant in the neck that makes them go out of tune all the time. Yeah, this this, thing, this thing's this thing
0: been through a lot. I don't know if you can see the back. It's got dents in it from that chain belt that I used to wear. See that? Proof that the chain belt existed. Yeah, that's true. And also the frets are kind of a little bit messed up. I was playing a gig. It was a block party thing. And we were in the in the opening of the garage. The garage door was up. And... I got this kind of crazy idea near the end of the night at the end of a song. I took the bass and I I put the strings against the garage door, you know, which is at this point parallel to the ground. And so I started going like this against it and all this sawdust is falling down on me. It was like the, the end of a Kiss concert back in the 70s, you know, when right. let me go rock and roll was going on and all the confetti. It was like that. So I had all this sawdust coming down on my head. I thought, man, that was like the coolest thing ever. Uh, but And the neck has survived that it survived that kind of stuff. I used to rub it on all kinds of crazy things.
2: Hey, we've already told enough crazy stories today.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, there was that too.
2: (laughs) Um, Steve, you've been known to dabble with uh, guitars as well. Um, What, uh, what's your favorite guitar that you own? Uh, it's probably my Gibson
1: Studio Light. Your Gibson Studio Light, okay.
4: Um, what what makes that one special? Uh, it was the the thrill of the hunt for that one. Okay, I saw it at uh, Ro- Robbie's Music Barn in uh, Wayne. Right. I think I may have told this story actually, but um, for for the new listeners, um, it was. I was in high school at some point, probably junior or senior year, and I saw it there and just thought it was really cool. It's a translucent blue. Oh, wow. Um, and I just thought it was a gorgeous guitar, played amazingly, but it was, I want to say it was $1,200. Wow. Which, uh, you know, back in high school when back then, you yeah. don't really have that kind of money, you're like, oh, I can't get this now. So I was saving up for it. And then when I finally did have enough money, it was gone. Oh, wow. So then uh, then I heard like the line got discontinued. <laughs> um, so then I was just randomly searching on eBay one day and it came up. I was like, okay. huh. I was 800 then. So right, I was like, oh, it's even cheaper. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I was finally able to get it. And uh, yeah, it has been my pretty much my main guitar for a good long
1: while cool there's put,
4: um uh, good i put in the, the zach wilde uh, emgs okay i yep. didn't do it i wanted it to be able to play again so i <laughs> took it to i think it was guitar center
2: <laughs> yeah i um i i have that pickup set in a um in a knockoff chinese uh les paul um when, when the Chinese uh, knockoff started becoming a thing over here, a friend of mine says to me, oh, you, these are great. Uh, you know, somebody told me they played just as good as the real thing. And, and sure enough, you know, we ordered a bunch between the two of us because, of course, you know, you could buy like three for the price of one One that was an authentic. So, of course, we get the stuff and it's, you know, the paint job is shit. And, you know, we didn't we didn't know any better because um, there there were no like warnings at that point in time. There wasn't anything like, oh, don't get this because it's, you know, uh, because it isn't as good or, or whatever. But I will say that I do have a seven string, which uh, no, it was not Mike. It was while living here in Spain. Um, <laughs> um, I do have a corn a 7-string, which I think was like a B model. That uh, Because the neck, the, the only difference is that the neck isn't completely finished. But the rest of it is, you know, looks like it's the, the real deal. Of course, a lot of these guitars, um, they're not all Chinese. Some are Indonesian, and they're, they're B and C grade. So they started selling them on eBay. So, you know, they weren't going to make any money off of them. So they figured that they would just put them up up there for sale and make something off of them. So, but, you know, um, it's one of those lessons learned,
4: I guess. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes it's just fun to play on a a crappy, like, you know, $150 guitar.
2: Hey, my first uh, guitar, uh, which is the mic guitar that my brother brings up is an old, uh, Charvel from 1990, I believe. Um, and that cost me one twenty five. I think. So, I mean, it was what I could afford. Yeah. So. I, uh, I
4: went to, it was keyboard world when that was in Ledgewood mall. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you were still here for that, but, uh, my mom had just gotten me an acoustic guitar at the music den in landing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we went, Happened to go to Ledger Mall and they had a, a Hondo Les Paul imitation or knockoff right. that uh, looked like Slash's like Appetite for Destruction. Basically, like uh, Welcome to the Jungle, like the uh, the Sunburst. Mm-hmm. One, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. And she was like, I just got you an acoustic guitar. You're not getting something, another guitar. <laughs> I was like, oh. and it, was, it was $150. And I was like, oh, it's so cool, though. I was like, right. I'll never ask for anything else. <laughs> right, I promise. Yeah, that could, she, yeah. she was like, "All right, this will, you know, you're you're mowing the lawn for the summer for free." I was <laughs> like, All right, that's cool. <laughs> I just right. like the and, idea that uh, somebody so,
0: had the genius idea to name their store Keyboard World. Ooh, that'll get it
2: Yeah, and sell <laughs> guitars. Yeah. Uh, how many of those stores are still around? Because there was again the music den and Landing. Then there was another Robbie's like up in like Mount Olive, there was uh, Long and McQuaid. Um, are any of those stores still around? That that was in the in, in the in
1: the in the Ledgewood Mall. I don't remember that. Yeah. I'm totally blanking on that. I remember that keyboard was, world. That was
2: um, <sighs> that was right before I moved over here. So around 2000 that that music store was called Long and McQuaid. It was right in front of the hallmark. Hmm.
1: I'm
4: trying to think if uh if that's what keyboard world was before or was keyboard Could World
2: before because it had a name change. Like it was something else. Okay. And then Long and McQuaid bought it.
4: Okay. Maybe I just it maybe it just didn't click. That <laughs> well, Ledwood Mall is uh kinda not there anymore. The uh the inside part isn't there anymore. Right, uh, they've been like gutting that now. It's like got a Super Walmart on the end, right, they just opened just um, bigger than the bigger one they had they opened it <laughs> yeah, oh wow, yeah, um let's see what else. Um, the music then in landing, I don't know if that's still there. I haven't gone up there, but there's one in Randolph now, okay you're, uh, coming down it's a really big like three story building, oh wow. Um yeah, uh that's the only music store that's like right by me.
2: M- music that I remember going in there and trying, it was a um a Jackson, it was like the first time that I'd seen a Jackson uh strat where it had um it was uh what the heck was it? It was uh four tuners on the bottom. No, it was okay. three, two on the top, and then one in the middle. They have, they have like, uh, like the Marty Friedman Les Paul that he plays has that same sort of head okay. stuff. Um, yeah. And I remember trying it, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. And the salesman was like a kid that was like my age, basically. I mean, this is sometime in the 90s, so, you know, he came back and said, so what would you think? I'm like, oh, it's really cool. You know, I really like it. So you think you're going to get it? I'm like, uh, I'd like to try it a little more. You know, I've only been like messing around here for like two minutes. Okay. I'll give you some more minutes. You know, I'll give you some more time. He came back like two minutes later. So what'd you think? You think you're going to get it? I'm like, "Mm, nah, I'll pass. Give me back my pick. He was like that. He put out his hand and he made me put the pick in his hand. I was like, Oh, last time I'm coming here. I I do
4: like Guitar Center because they they just kind of give you a guitar and then like they, you know, you can play for like the day if you want. Right. And then they're they're like, oh, all right, we'll see you tomorrow or something. They don't care. They're not like too pushy there.
2: Yeah. My experience. The, the worst part about Guitar Center for me, at least the store in Totowa, which was the one that I would go to was mm. if you didn't leave with something, it was so you didn't find what you were looking for. Like yeah, I got to come back another day. Well, there's nothing here today that you want to get. It's like, dude, I'm going to be back in like 2 days. They have to order something for me. You know, it was it was, you know, there was a push you needed to leave with something. You know. So, you need
4: pictures or some strings?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You <laughs> no, pick? I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. It's like going to the
4: dealer for your car.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was the same exact thing. So, um yeah, stores are completely different over here. I used to go to one store over here consistently. Like I'd even go to visit the guy, you know, the owner and just chat about music and stuff every um, every now and then. And, um, and unfortunately, he closed because even before the pandemic, I mean, he didn't want to start selling stuff online. He was all about, no, people have to come in and feel it, feel the guitar. Mm -hmm. And they have to become like one with the guitar to pick it up. And I was like, dude, like online business is taking your business away. You need to, you know, fight or flight. Basically, you need to either Mm -hmm. do it or, or close. And he ended up closing, you know, because he just couldn't take it. There's, there's a store that's called uh, Toman over here, which is in Germany, who has a small presence in North America because they have um, they they sell knockoff guitars, which are called uh, Harley Benson, I believe that they're called. Um, and I've heard um, is it Glenn Fricker? I think his name is who's up in. Uh, Canada, who's for a spectrum, spectrum media, something or other, where he's a producer and he talks about gear and, and all this other stuff. And he, he's talked their equipment up quite a bit. And, you know, he, he often talks about how, if you're starting out, you shouldn't go hog wild and buy a $6,000 less Paul that like a 200 or $300 knockoff is probably going to be just as good as a 700 or $800 Epiphone or, or ESP mm-hmm. or Ibanez because you're not paying for the name basically. So, um, mm-hmm. so they're exporting some stuff there, but here in Europe, I mean, they're, they're huge uh, because you've got sh- 20, if you spend over 20 bucks, shipping is free. So unless you're buying picks that's, or strings,
4: that's really easy to do.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ship shipping, shipping is free and it's, it's shipped you know, most of the times within three days, you have whatever it is you're looking for. And their stock is ridiculous. Uh, someone that I know owns a, a, a another music store. It's funny. I didn't realize it was him until we were away at a basketball tournament. And he says, uh, oh, so you don't remember me when you'd come into my store? I'm like, what, which is your store? He's like, yeah, it's this store. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. You're I'm a bookstore. Uh, no yeah it was (laughs) bookstore bought my most expensive pedal off of the guy um but uh he was like yeah i remember you because obviously you know you're from the states you know your accent this that and the other thing i'm like oh my god you and he like it was all of a sudden the story that he told me about where his wife was from where he was from everything clicked and before that we had been talking at games and stuff and we didn't we didn't, you know, I didn't put two and two together. He, he knew what was going on. I was somehow as a brain fart and I didn't realize it, but, um, so yeah, he told me that he went because he's an official distributor for, uh, he told me the name of the pickup companies, Lawler pickups. They're out of Nashville and they're handmade pickups. And, um, that's pretty funny. He, what's that?
4: It's
2: that Lawler pickups from Nashville. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Well that Lawler's from Memphis. Same state, different city. Um, That's true. But maybe there's a relation, though. Who knows? Could um, be. Actually, it's spelled different. It's L-O-L-L-A-R, I believe. But anyway. Oh, uh, okay. So he's he's been to that the town where this German store is from. And he said, you know, there's a street named after them. And he said, they're, you know, there's just one factory. The dude that owns it is from the town he built a factory in the town so he could provide jobs to anyone in the town that wanted one. So he said, you know, it's, it's a massive facility with just a a ton of local people that just work there. So he's not only has the biggest music store in all of Europe and one of the biggest in the world, but he's, you know, the number one employer in his, his area. So
4: that's cool.
1: So, um, In
2: any event, we've been all over the place tonight. Gear, Santa Claus.
0: And I I think we've settled on uh, the greatest American rock band. It's the Eagles, right?
2: I hate the Eagles. (laughs) Oh, Mark. Mark brought it up. He goes "Well, uh, during one of the shows when he said that he bought tickets for the Eagles. And he said. He said, Are you into the Eagles? Like, nope, not at all. (laughs) So you can uh you 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 can you can ask uh my brother the first time we were ever in France, we entered and um and we were flipping stations. And like oh oh wow, Hotel California. (laughs) So we listened to Hotel California. we they start speaking. We're like, ah, you know, find another station, see what else they're playing. Hotel California. I shit you not. I think we listened to hotel California for like three hours straight until we like decided to turn the radio off because there was like nothing else to listen to. And by that point, this was just like excruciating. So, um, yes, don't like that
4: song, but six hours of it might be a little too much.
2: Yeah. Uh, don't like the Eagles. Don't like Fleetwood Mac. What else? Well, we, t- we talked about that. You talked about she's coming. You had to get out of the way. Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You got to get out of backstage because here comes Stevie yeah. Nicks. Yeah. Mick Fleetwood. Awesome dude, man. He was such a, such a nice guy. Uh, you know, no airs about him. Just kind of like, Hey, how are you guys doing? Uh, but yeah, then it's like, yep, everybody's got to leave. Here comes Stevie. She won't get out of her car until everybody's gone. <laughs> uh, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. So, the, uh, yeah, quick uh, California, Hotel California story. <laughs> uh, in high school, in art class, um, my buddy, Ed, who is the drummer in my band, he's the guy who poured a Coke over Tommy Lee's uh, head uh, mm-hmm. once uh, because he flipped him off. It was pretty funny. Anyway, um, he would always come to class late. And, and the, you know, it was, the teacher was this kind of real groovy kind of chick. And she'd let people bring in their eight-track tapes and, you know, play whatever they wanted to during class while we were doing our little art projects. Well, these chicks would always bring in their Eagles tape and put it in. And it was Hotel California. So Ed was always late to class because that's just the way he was. And he comes storming in there about 15 minutes late and Hotel California is on. He just walks right over to the thing. He pulls the tape out and he just throws it. And then he stuffs in (laughs) his eight-track tape. He actually had an eight-track recorder. Which I've, I think he's the only person who owned one, but he would put on a vinyl a Black Sabbath or whatever, and this what this happened to be Black Sabbath. But he would run it manually with his finger. Okay, so it would like the timing was so totally messed up, and it would start going faster and then slower, and then he'd start running it backwards, and and he recorded that, and that's what was on this tape he put in. And the other students were just like, "Oh my gosh, you know this is awful," but nobody would say anything because everybody was afraid of Ed. Everybody every was quite sure he would kill them if uh, <laughs> they said anything. So <laughs> this is one of the best moments ever in high school. So we had the we, we had
2: we had eight track recorders in in college actually because they were used for yeah they were used uh, well it wasn't called an eight track recorder it was called a cart machine. Yeah, on um, the radio. Yep. yeah. So we would, we would record the, um, you know, all, all the shit like this. Ow! Anything like that would be on a cart. Hey, cue up the cart, you know, and it would be the, um, the, whatever, the NPR commercials or whatever else we were forced to play. So it was all on a cart and you'd have to play carts, this hour we want to play cards five, eight, and sixteen. like okay, yeah. no problem. you know so, what's
0: funny is the software I use to run yard um metal uh they still refer to that, like you can put things, you can record ah, things and have them in there as carts. So oh wow, I thought this I thought that's kind of that's funny cool. that that's stood the yeah. test of time,
2: yeah, yeah. And, and to the guy offering, you know, to buy, to want to be famous by followers, prime and viewers on bigfollows.com. Hey, I tell you what you can go to Patreon.com forward slash Mars attacks podcast, and we'll make you famous for as little as $2 a month. You can join us and talk about Santa if you'd like. There you go. So I think
0: that's costing me a little more than $2 a month, but. <laughs> t if you if you kick in more kids there you hey, go you know what this is uh, this is the best money spent right here is hanging out with you guys, so everybody in the chat room, everybody who's still there, Arturo or Artie or Artemis, um yeah, Rob's still there, I think you guys you guys are the best, and Jeremy and uh Jose, wow, look at that. I was gonna suggest go, yeah, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now see now now the jersey. Stuff say that about Brad.
2: <laughs> well how dare you, Arturo. Little, little does he know. I'm I'm I receive messages. I receive messages like that. Um I probably get about 20 to 30 a day from uh oh you can buy this, want want to improve your, you know, this or that or want to buy whatever yes rob 10 bucks gets you a shirt so uh
0: and it's an awesome (laughs) shirt Uh, i i should have sent you that picture of me wearing it you could have put it up there that would have scared the hell out of people
2: there you go um any uh parting last words uh before we sign off tonight
0: uh no other than this has been a blast you guys are the best i i can't wait for next friday and uh, see what Victor's got up his sleeve. And Steve, what an honor and a pleasure to share, share the time with you. And uh, thank and you. We we really got we got to talk more about this uh, YouTube channel we're going to do, where Steve and I get in an RV and go around the United States and parts of Canada that they'll actually let us into, and uh, shoot video of us eating stuff. So there you go.
4: I'm down.
0: <laughs> that's that's the spirit. First stop St. Louis and we'll, we'll pick people up along the way. Like we'll take Rob out. Rob, Rob can probably hip us to there we go. some of the coolest places to, to eat in St. Louis. So that would be even better. We have guests. We have guests each week. I like that.
4: So, there you go. That sounds good. There we go. And then the big payoff will be the trip to Spain. No doubt. <laughs> we, the only problem is
0: Victor, we might we drown have, no, driving, no, the, driving the RV there, but it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, what'd you say, Brad? <laughs>
0: I said, you'd be like, no, we're not going out for Spanish food. We're going to eat at my house.
2: I'd be yeah. okay with that. I, I well, I would make, I would maybe make the uh, exception, but um, anyway, I do want to say thank you to everyone that's been in the, in the chat. Um, again, Rob, we had, um, we had Jeremy, we had Johan. Um We have uh, Paula there who is saying hello. We had Jose earlier. Um, If I'm missing anyone, thank you guys for spending Friday with us here. It is most appreciated. Uh, There are a million other things you can do. Oh, Steve has already checked out. (laughs) He he couldn't wait. (laughs) He couldn't wait to get (laughs) out of here. Um, So I do appreciate anyone who has... Joined us tonight live. Anyone that he's um, back? We th- I thought I thought that you said uh, screw these guys. I'm going home. <laughs> uh,
4: my phone decided like oh I'm going to shut off.
2: Yeah. Um, so anyway, just thanks to anyone who's watching this live or listens to or watches the replay. You are very much appreciated. Uh, thank you to anyone who's. Liking or sharing the episodes and looks like we may have a, a, a for, um, we'll, we'll have to set up a, a a new tier in Patreon for those that want to get in on the uh, RV show.
0: (laughs) Now we're talking. There you go. We'll have to do it. Steven, Brad, wreck America. There you go. Dr. Poison and, and.
1: And Twisted Twisted
0: Steve. There you go. Steve, that's it. I'm going, I'm throwing down on that. Twisted Steve.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Um,
2: So how's it? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about (laughs) Dio and all that. We've, we've got, we've, we've got two months uh, to prep for all that stuff. So in any event, uh, thanks guys for being a part of the show tonight. It's been awesome. And um uh, yeah, the Archies, the Archies. Um and thank you guys for I doing feel like Scarf's
0: gone through like five monsters during this show, man. He's
2: just now getting warmed up, man. He's really <laughs> on a roll. That's why they they that's why one of his nicknames is Artie the One Man Party. There you go.
0: <laughs> party more so. hours. Yeah, party Artie. <laughs>
2: There you go. In any event, guys, thank you once again for joining us. And we will see you next time right here on the Signals from Mars live stream brought to you by the Mars Dex Podcast and VMRIT.com. There's no holding back. You just, you just got to go. Anyway.
0: I was holding front.
2: There you go. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> on that note, we will see you.